go from here every number one ever already already a tip in year two and hungry to push deeper it's upsetting that we've already shown ourselves not to have everything boxed off it's deeply concerning that mistakes are still being made the ghosts of errors past still loom large still stink up this joint all three of us have had to conduct extra online training. I got a 75% pass in the Being a Better Person module. Craig aced uh, the To Be a Conscientious Team Player multiple choice exam. And Liam can now happily rest as all of his outstanding further educational requirements have now been marked green. Well done all. With our newfound skills sharp to the touch... Will we see them in practice in this week's episode? Or perhaps fishers will reappear at the earliest opportunity? Whatever the case, nine more randomly chosen UK number ones are about to come our way. And I for one can't fucking wait. Remember your training, lads, and best of luck. Oh, and trying his luck tonight, it's his 56th time, don't you know? It's Master of Magic, Spells and Illusion, Mr. Craig Lowe, everybody. Uh, you've got Abra, Kadabra. No, I'm not having that, Matt. You've got to Why? whisper it. Craig Lowe. Master of Magic, Spells and Illusion, Craig Lowe. There we go. Over the border and turning heads wherever she hitches up her skirt. Enemies crumble in fear and confusion. <laughs> it's Dr. Liam Maloney. <laughs> so I've got um, I, I've got a book chapter that um, is just going to press, and they want a bio for each one of the authors for each chapter. Right. That is going to be my bio. <laughs> machine time. And today's machine is called and known as... Alan Turing, my bell. It's the father of modern computing, Alan Turing, and the disco classic, Ring My Bell. Anita Ward? I think it was, mate. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't think she's got a crop of it on this. She got a number one, did she, Anita? Well, Anita. She's, in. she's in in the name of a machine. Lovely. Um, in that case, then, shall we begin? And we're going to start with... Me. <laughs> so, to kick off for me this week is unique number one, 446. This was My first goodness. number one on the 27th of October because Oct is 10. Yep. 1979. Mm. Anita, give me some facts, my love. No, we have in front of ourselves a one-hit wonder from 1979. Right. 
Unfortunately, given that you have used Anita Ward as your little intro and for the machine today, this is in no means even remotely on the same continent as disco. Um, if you can tell me the nationality of this singer, I will be impressed. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Pause this week. Is is this the number one? Yes. Or did you just decide to play this song? How the fuck? How did this comes, get comes to out swing, one? Comes out swinging. Comes out swinging. It does, doesn't it? it? It's like uh, what's his face from a couple of weeks back? Scottish lad. He did the same, didn't he? But he was modern. Yeah. This is not modern, is it? No, Jesus, no. <laughs> um, and why? Why is the nationality? Because I mean, obviously, it sounds. I'm getting shades of deep South of America. I'm guessing not Liam. Absolutely, it feels super countryish, doesn't it? She's Scottish. Wow. This is Lena Martell. She. I find it absolutely bizarre. I don't get. So, so Lena Martell was around for a long time. She kind of kicks off in 1964 with her first studio album. Right. The album that this is off, ingeniously titled Lena's Music Album. <laughs> huh? No, not going to number... get done for uh, false advertising on that one, are you? <laughs> like, it was really did, some... she release, did she release it in conjunction with a photo album? <laughs> Fuck no. That would be genius, though. Mm. Um, this got to, like, number four in the charts. It went platinum in the UK. It was a huge record. And, yeah... While she's been releasing singles since two, uh, since nineteen sixty one, this was the only thing that ever tickled the chart, and it tickled the chart in seventy nine. It was a re release. I should probably make that clear. It was right. a re release from something that she'd done back in seventy four, but this still feels really bloody late for seventy four. Still, for mm. for throwback. I just, I just don't get how it got to this. I can't find the information about how this thing became a thing. Was it in a film? Was it on a TV show? Craig, do you remember when we talked about um, Slim, Slim Whitman? Yes. And he had a number one album the year previous. He did. With... Yes. All right. See, it's, 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 it's retro, isn't it? It's the retro of the time. It's. People with money in their pockets remembering the music of their youths and going, ha, they were famous 20 years ago. I'm going to go out by it. The same way that as we record the Rolling Stones and the Beatles are topping the charts. Shall we put it in a bit of context as well that this hit the top of the charts in 1979? We are are post-punk, quite literally. And as we know from the culture wars of this day and age, when there are new thoughts and ideas pushed out there, there are a grouping of society, uh, you know, of an older generation who go no and push back and go against the ideas and go, you are wrong. So do you think this is like the... The the um the wiping the, equi- the gob, gob out of your hair. This uh, is the equivalent of sending them to Rwanda. Um, shall we move on? In the Indeed. interest of keeping party political divisions to a minimum. Ah. So, just out of curiosity, how, are, you, are we thrilled by the Jesus-loving Lena no, Martel? No, no, no. <laughs> Good. It's. I, I mean, right. 
does it change from that? Do, is there a no, no, it does, like it doesn't ruin, drop. Stand, I'm not saying drop. Like, there's no double like, has, break. Has a breakdown wrap in the middle. Is eight? it like yeah? Is it like a false up front? Is it the Babylon Zoo of the era? Does it start like that and then go into like four furiously thrash cards where they're going? Jesus is a cunt! you know, or something like that over the top. <laughs> That's two minutes in. It's it's really really not the kind of thing that I think should be in the uh, a pantheon of music. <laughs> no, and it's very Jesusy, needlessly yeah. Jesusy. Again, I'm I'm calling that as a pushback uh, against these noisy. These are songs you can sing, you can hear the words. So, um, I'm guessing Craig Craig agrees. What? Yeah, yes. What? Nurse is out of bed again. I mean, it's, it, it has a certain amount of interest, but at the same time, not enough to even come close to passing the medium of the kitchen. We're, we're, we're firmly looking at the bin one-eyed, but going, it was interesting. Wow. Interesting she looks, is... she looks depressed on the album cover, by the way. I've sent it to you in the group. Yeah, it's head down. Bad yeah, bomb. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, next number one is unique number one, nine hundred and thirty-eight. It was first number one for the first time on the fifth of October two thousand and two because oct is ten. Mm. And let's ask our machine, whose name I've already forgot, something to do with Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Alan, 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 give us some facts, my love. And just before I play this, this isn't a mistake. These songs are terrible, honestly. These songs are terrible, honestly. Ooh. Oh, right, okay. A double a double whammy of cowl. So it's two cowl acts together. At last. Thankfully. Or, or like two kind of, you know, X Factor-esque. Craig, I'm gonna acts. I'm going to leave this to you to give us the guess for us guesses. Now, did Gareth Gates and Will Young actually do out on a song? There it is. Tonight's winner! Do we need to say anything? In fact, Matt, what are your feelings about The Long and Winding Road as a song? I'm taking the shortcut personally. <laughs> it's, 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 um, Pipe and Slippers McCartney. It's melodious uh, to the extreme. It's wistful. It's sepia. And it's fine in the 60s and early 70s. Lovely. Thank you. And Craig, what is your opinion of the start of Cowell or the start of an X Factory pop idly rivalry period with Gates and Young, who were probably the first, right? Yes. Uh, well, th- I mean, they're the first pop idols. We'd had the pop stars. Previously. Oh, had we? Who was pop stars? We, uh, we had Hearsay and we had Girls Aloud. I was in the gym this morning. They were playing Hearsay. Pure, Pure and, and simple. simple. Yeah. And the guy had a dick out next to me. Pure, Pure and simple, simple and a dick. What, what's your feelings about Will Young and Gareth Gates? I mean, is there is there fanfic to be written here? Is it do we do we close the curtains and go pure and simple Whoa. with a dick out? But it's Gareth Gates's dick. It's Gareth Gates stuttered his way Pencil. around the end. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. 
cut it, probably. At least bleep yeah, it. Well, no, it's, I mean, the thing is, though, I'm going to have to say it because it's in my head. I wonder if there are certain speech impediments that make oral sex better. <laughs> Nothing toothy. Nothing um, toothy. <laughs> um, anyway. Craig, where do you stand then on Gareth Gates and Will Young bashing each other off to um, God, it's, the Beatles? It's, fuck, it's fucking awful, isn't it? I mean, it it was awful in the sixties. It's awful every time anyone covers this. Um, this is this this is I hate Long and Winding Road. Why? It's a fucking dirge. I it's mean, twee, it's, isn't it? It's, it's really fucking twee. It's a it's it's a fucking Simon and Garfunkel track. It is just oh, I forgot about you guys. Blind spot over some decent music. Of course, you can't be right all the fucking time, can you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so <on>. apparently, like, <laughs> um, who Aretha Franklin's had a crack at this, which I've not actually heard, and I really need to. Um, Ray Charles has done a version of it. I'd be kind of curious to see what those guys did with a track like this. Um, I can't you imagine know, those... Ray Charles bluesing it up any. I would imagine they're all very straight covers. I can't imagine anyone doing anything inventive with oh, this, to be uh, honest uh, with you. Do you know what it, What this song really needs is to be stripped back. One of the issues with it, if I'm going to pick holes in it, is the kind of schmaltz of the orchestra. Isn't this a spectred one? Yeah, I've never I've never listened to the naked version of it. I'm sure, I'm, I wonder if they probably... They probably stri- they probably stripped the uh, the strings out of the Let It Be Naked, yeah album, didn't they? So, should we have a, a skip into the the kind of back end of it? Nah, stop, stop, stop! It's shit, that isn't it. It it hums. Karaoke on a Friday night. Just the backing track is just yep. fucking music. There's nothing to really commend it. Like only a week or two ago, we were talking about Will Young's "Like My Fire," and I think I was fairly complimentary about it. I don't think it particularly. Split I get opinions. the feeling that this is 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 it'll have been signed for a one album deal off the back of this, and this would have been his right. Well, you've got you've got we've got one single left to release. Do one with Gareth, and you can fuck off, and we'll just we'll push Gareth to the hilt. And then and then he's gone off and come back with leave right now and actually had a good go as a, an artiste as opposed to a cowl puppet. The m- the more I think about it, and I'm not pushing back. It's just a really weird choice of song. This as well, isn't it? For two young lads, it is it is the song of. A... I wonder if they actually did it... it on Pop Idol. Yeah, I wonder if they actually did it like uh, last night. Yeah, last like yeah, final they night did. they'll have. Uh... Duet week. No, just a single. So, in the grand scheme of things, in the kitchen of distinction, where are we, mate? Lovelies, Craig. Where are you feeling? Are you still bin with? Uh, yeah, that's that's the bin just rattling, ready to go. <laughs> okay, so um, Craig's got it round the rim. What about you, Matthew? <laughs> you can't lead in with me with a sentence like that. <laughs> I'm a whore. Um. I am very close, very close to going on two for the bin. Do you want to? No, because I'm not very welcome to. I'm not. I think. I think to to. It's not that, but that's. I'm basically just saying that that's how bad this is. How low regard I'm holding these two. Well, I'll tell you what. I will give you the opportunity to go on two before I actually play the third track. Which is unique number one, 388. It was number one for six weeks, starting on the 27th of March, 1976. 
Anita and Alan, double A, have we got any facts for me? You have to be mostly drunk to do it, but um, that's all right. Eurovision from this from the seventies. It's surely got to be a bar. No, I, oh no, no, because Abba only did it once. I'm thinking this is save all your kisses for me, Brotherhood of Man. Though it hurts to go away, it's impossible to stay. It is, of course, the bloodless. <laughs> Flaccid. Save all your kisses for me by the Brotherhood of Man. I kiss their picture every night. Um, I will give you a weird fact about Brotherhood of Man. So, you know, when you look at any band's wiki page, mm-hmm. or like when when I say band, I mean actual band, down at the bottom of the page or close to the bottom of it, you get the kind of members across time graph thing. Yeah. Love that. Brotherhood of Man for the first two years, have this kind of cascade of members. And then it's the same four, who were never in the original band at all. Really? For the rest of the career. The people who started Brotherhood of Man are not in Brotherhood of Man. So they formed in 69. Holy shit, Liam. No, not 69. Yeah, 69, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's that's fascinating to look at. Isn't that a weird graph? It just sort of cascades down over time. And... Because if you look as well, and yeah, this is all hit the editing room floor, obviously, but <laughs> there is no overlap. No. There's basically all these people, then it stops, but immediately starts again just with three people, then a fourth, our Sandra, Sandra, uh, what was her name? Sandra Stevens, eh? Sassy Sandra, Vaffen SS. <laughs> So the reason this exists, right, is because of a guy called Tony Hiller. And Tony Hiller was kind of a producer, composer, record company guru guy who put the original Brotherhood of Man together. Mm-hmm. Original Brotherhood of Man had some kind of gentleish hits. Nothing that particularly did well, apart from something called United We Stand that was quite a big hit but didn't hit the top spot. And there was another hit called Where Are You Going My- To My Love. But... After kind of varied lineups, the whole thing sort of started to collapse in. But he wanted to keep the name going because it already had a bit of cachet because of it's this. A too li- yeah. It's a too you know, unlimited kind of... situation. It's exactly that. If when I think of too unlimited, I think of Brotherhood and Man. Explain the too unlimited thing. Uh, Rain and Anita had their big hits. They they did what three four albums, and then decided they weren't going to do it. And the producer who owned the rights to the name. Continued with a, a a final album with a completely different lineup with two completely different singers Weird. under the name Two Unlimited. I remember it coming on the box, and I remember turning to my sister at the time, who was a Two Unlimited fan, going, "This is a new Two Two Unlimited song." And then it started playing after forty five minutes of waiting after you dialed three six two or whatever the code was on the box. Uh, <laughs> Fuck, we're back. <laughs> that uh, yeah, it's just like, who are these two munters, and why are they pretending to be Two Unlimited? Where's Ray and Anita, you bastards? Fascinating. <laughs> It is exactly that. It's exactly that. And the two people that Rainer and Issa were replaced by in Two Unlimited were Keenan and Kel. That's Keenan and Kel. Um, so, do you guys want to talk about Brotherhood of Man's Save All Your Kisses for Me being a Eurovision song? Is there anything you would like to add into the equation here? Um, because it makes me gassy. Well, the only thing... Right, so we, let's put it out there. It won. It won. 
So there's the, you know, run the victory lap there. And what's quite interesting with that is if you have a look, read into the song, it's actually listed. So this is an English song, a British song. It's listed as Schlager. Oh, that makes absolute sense. Wow, okay. So Schlager, uh, let's briefly talk to the judge. A German word, a German form of music, knowingly twee and sentimental and, you know, uncool. Kind of tends to exist in German or Germanic, you know, German-speaking countries. So to have a British... I mean, it is, isn't it? It's absolutely Schlager. So I think we've actually got, like, if we're going to talk about um, UK Eurovision winners, we've got some decent stuff potentially coming up. Yeah. This is not that. Exactly Katrina and the Waves. Yeah. Um, This isn't that, is it? No, but it it is certainly a mid-70s Eurovision song. Um, that's 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 the best I can say about it. If 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 you were to go into that blind, you would certainly say this is a song from Eurovision in about nineteen seventy four to nineteen seventy seven. Probably a UK entry, although it could be Irish. Where are you in the kitchen, my love? Why why we're burying the lead on this one? I mean, I've already got the number two's bag out ready to go. This is going straight in the fucking shitter, isn't it? <laughs> give it, yeah, yeah. Give that bag a shake and let's dive in, Matthew. Bit it. Same. You nana bin. I don't think a cucumber castle's on here. I think it's we're we're safe. Every everyone's a winner on this one, baby. I I even if it's shite, I don't think yeah. I think one shit. Mm. You know, like if you got a blocked toilet, one poo is easier to shift than three. <laughs> so here we go. Go girls, go, 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 go. We girls gonna take control. You boys better no no no. We girls gonna run this show. It's not subtle. Right, what I want okay, you to no. do, what I want you to do, Mr. Producer, is just turn all, all the levels up to the top. I want you to push them all the way up and then push them out of the top of the console. It's fucking loud. That is girls allowed with something new. No, I have never heard that before. Oh, that is their last. That comes right near the end, I want to say. Oh, interesting. Well, let's have a quick, very quick dive. So, singles. Um, It is their penultimate single. Unfortunately, their last single only got to number 75 in the UK. The mighty have fallen. We obviously didn't want something new. Did you just applaud yourself? Um, next up, I think Mr. Craig Lowe. My first number one this week is unique number one, number four, nine. This was number one for three weeks from the 20th of July in the year of our Lord, 1950 of the six. Alan, sure ring my bell, the night is young and full of facts. Nothing, nada, zip. You'll know it. It's fine. Go for it. You know it. It's fine. <laughs> Sold. Oh, it's it's Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Why do fools fall in love? It is indeed. Let's let's give it its proper credit. This is the Teenagers featuring Frankie Lyman, not the other way around. <laughs> uh, 
50s classic, uh, originally titled Why Do Birds Sing So Gay? You don't think it'd be quite as catchy with a title like that one. Uh, Diana Ross covered it in 81 uh, and got to number four in the UK charts. It's a, a rotating door of songwriters where initial songwriters are discredited and producers put their own names on it and then rights are sold and they put the names on the author's notes and lawsuit follows lawsuit follows lawsuit and messy, messy, messy. Uh, yeah, it's about as interesting as it gets. Uh, Frankie Lyman uh, died at 25. Oh, wow. Didn't, didn't quite make the club, but uh, yeah, was heroin, so how chic. Was yeah. it? How wow. chic. Would he have been the first 27 club? You, he'd, have been getting, he'd have been getting close, wouldn't he? I mean, but not. I'm sure other people died at 27. But Famous it, musicians. Yeah. All right, okay. musicians. <laughs> I mean, no one died. Oh, imagine if no one had died at the age of 27. There's no one's fight like that a, day. Like a point. reverse yeah. Logan's run. Uh, yeah, this is this is nice. That's, I mean, that's that's, that's the best <laughs> I've got to say about it. It's, it's it's nice. I mean, it's got a bit of do up to it. I mean, but it's it's it reeks of the 50s. <laughs> I mean, there are some interesting. There is some interesting stuff that done there vocally by Mr. Lyman, but. Uh, on the whole, I think it's fucking joyous. I've got, I've always had a soft spot for doo-wop anyway, but I think that this is perhaps the high point of doo-wop. It's one of the best bits of kind of that 1950s vocal boy band that exists and exists in kind of popular um, kind of consciousness. Yeah. It's not like a deep cut of doo-wop, which do exist. Um, it's fucking gorgeous. A lot of no, time for I this. I think my my main problem with this is it's only about two minutes and eighteen seconds, and after about sixty seconds, you think that you've been going for five minutes. <sighs> wow, that's such a shame. It really it really outstays its welcome fast because it doesn't have many tricks in its bag. It really doesn't, and you sat there thinking, "Christ, this is only a t- just over a two minute song. How does this feel like it's this long?" I I think it's really I no, I disagree entirely there, Craig. I I take your point that it doesn't vary much, but I think this is archetypally great. I think this is one of the in fact, you know what? I think this is one of the best songs that's made it to number one. This is maybe like top fifty, top twenty five songs that have made it to number one for me. What? A bold choice. Well is are, are we preparing to go on one here? With such bold statements. Top in the 50s. No, of all time. That have made it to number one, definitely. Is this a sex thing? (laughs) Yeah, Frankie Lyman. No, I'm not wondering. 25 year old heroin death. Gives gives you you a decent memory of being noshed off or something. I don't know. I think it'd be quite hard to get get, um, a bit gluey to do what? Oh, wow. Um, can we get your next one, Greg? Yeah, why not? My next, <laughs> my next number one this week is unique. Number one, number one, one, four, hey. eight. Oh gosh! <laughs> no, no! <laughs> I want it to stop. I was this fine with one. What? I was even fine with eleven. <laughs> I went too far. Before we go any further, Alan, you'll ring my bell. I'm glad you're home. How did you really fact me? <laughs> <laughs>
It's been... These songs are terrible, obviously. <laughs> Fuck off, Cowell! Oof. Oofy doofy. Cowell, uh, this was number one for one week from the 6th of November in the year of our Lord, 2010. So, yeah, this this isn't... This, this is certainly something. Uh, I had forgotten this existed. Promise this by I'm not a racist and my husband isn't gay, Cheryl. Absolute <laughs> yes. fucking tune. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is this a wind up? Is it though? The, no, the it's great. This song is one of the best songs <laughs> to ever get to number one, and now you're batting for Cheryl Marriage and Convenience Goal. Yeah, this song. I'm not batting for Cheryl because I think she's vile, but I would rate this track. <laughs> so, but for, for the listener, this is of course Cheryl Tweedy. No, she's not Cheryl Cole. No, they got divorced. This is Cheryl. Uh, no, it's a it's a fun little hook. I mean, this is yeah. this is the lead single from a second album. Uh, spoiler alert: This will be the first of two lead singles from second albums by pop songstresses this week. Uh, Compare and contrast. Would, uh, would you like to know what the album's called? Because it's a little bit masturbatorial. Oh, yeah, please. It's called Messy Little Raindrops. Oh, that, oh God. <laughs> That's not sexy. Uh, no. No. Uh, released in the wake of her divorce from Ashley Cole and completely forgotten, must have been on front of the stair all the time, a life-threatening battle with malaria. Don't remember that. Don't remember Cheryl nearly dying from malaria no, in it. the... Uh, in the 2010s, no. uh, yeah, this is this is this is as, as much as Liam may protest. Otherwise, the scabbish. <laughs> I don't know how you spell Cheryl. I can spell malaria though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Cole being treated for malaria in hospital. 2010, July. 27 she was. Mosquito bite. I'm just adding citation needed to her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got. I've. I've. I've never had time for Cheryl, even when she was in Girls Aloud. She was very much number five of five in that band. Uh, no time whatsoever. Marking them on talent there, obviously, Craig. Yeah. Quite obviously. Well, I'm not fight. Uh, well, if it was on fighting skill, she's number one with a bullet, isn't she? What? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't think I'm shifting things along too cruelly if I say, what's your third? Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's round off this uh, trio with unique number one, number 859. <sighs> this... Well, oh, 90s. We're in the 90s. Oh, so close. So close. Uh, before we go any further, Alan, sure ring my bell for the final time this week while I put away the dishes. Then you and me can rock a fact. <laughs> It's been. I don't get these reference points. Uh, the lyrics to ring my yeah, bell. Yeah, the lyrics to ring, ring my bell. You. I mean, I could have just gone ring my facts three times, and it probably would have made more <laughs> more sense. But Boom. why go facts. for these facts? I was expecting to hear a sting. I didn't hear there. Why? What were you expecting? I was expecting. I was expecting a spice rack. You were expecting the spice rack. Oh. No, a little, a, a little late oh. for the spice rack. I, I would feel. But we're not probably... rubbing your meat, Matthew. Uh, this was number one for one week from the 13th of May in the year of our Lord, 2000-00, Percy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
look at Britney Spears' career, we see the high watermark that is this song as it all slowly fades downhill. From here, Max Martin Classic proving that uh, More Than A One Trick Pony with a huge sophomoric mm. hit, uh, the debut song from the same titled album. I mean, it's fucking, it's Britney, bitch. So um, Max Martin produced this and he wanted Britney Spears to sound like really sort of um, like desperate and hoarse and stuff. And he wanted her to not have like vocal fry, but it to be kind of quite a, a weird sounding vocal. And so he did stuff to her vocal part. I'll play you the original vocal on its own first. I think I did it again. I made you believe we're more than just friends. Oh, baby, it might seem like a crush, but it doesn't mean that I'm serious. So every time she says like a ah sound, mm. he layers in a guero which is like a, a latin american thing you probably played one as a kid at school percussion like box a, instruments yeah it's like a you like ran a stick up it and had loads of groups <laughs> or like yeah. if you've been to like a shitty holiday resort you sometimes get frogs like wooden frogs with like spines on the back that you go Crack. yep and so every time she goes ah he's layered a guero on top of it and it's so noticeable. Cause to lose yeah. all my senses, yeah. that is just so, so typically weird. me. On the that is just so typically me, the that of that is that. It's such a weird fucking thing. And it's genius. It's absolutely genius. I mean, genius. I've, I've, got I've got a lot of time for that kind of uh, deep dive production stuff, but... I think this might be part of the reason why I've always had an issue with Britney because I find I just don't like her voice. Wow, okay. And I think it might not be her. I think it might be the fact that production-wise, and again, the reason I don't like it might be the reason that you guys are big into it, but yeah. it's 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 it makes me feel really uncomfortable, especially that when you've just soloed it there. It just sounds really... No, she, I, I mean, I mean, it is a, it's a, she has a very nasally delivery, or she ve she very much did in the yeah. early days. I think some, a, to a certain extent, that sort of she managed to filter that out later in the career. I don't think mm. and songs like Toxic have that same sort of nasal delivery in there. Uh, no, no, it's much kind of chesty. I think, that, yeah. as with a lot of the early Max Martin productions, uh, it could literally be anyone. The voice is part of. The bigger yeah. picture, I mean, it is literally just another instrument. And I think paired with everything else that he was doing at the time, that's what makes the song work. It could have been anyone, but it's it's, interesting. it's a hell of a song. The other thing that um, I always struggle with with Britney is I always feel super out of breath and claustrophobic yeah. anytime because <clears throat> they delete all of her breaths. If you listen to the song, you never hear her go... <gasps> Before she sings a line, it's as if she's just got two giant pairs of lungs. Her entire body is lungable, and she's managed to take one breath before the song no, starts and does the whole it, thing. It, she's a master of circular breathing, or yeah, there's someone just blowing oxygen into the back of her in a kind of Diana just, Ross just style, just bellows yeah. in each nose, just constantly <laughs> pumping in. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, where do we stand, boys? I can tell you where I'm going personally. I think that Brittany has done more than enough to drag this just over the finish line into a soft keep for me. 
let's go to Matthew next. I have already just shown my hand, really, saying that I don't really have the Britney love you boys have. I will say, though, now, how do you follow uh, Baby One More Time? Which was a huge pop modern pop classic. It's not bad following it with another modern pop classic. It's just a shame that it the whole sound of it brings me out in hives. Uh, so for me, it is a bin. One all. But I think we know where this is being steered, Mr. Malone. Honestly, th- like this is I should have gone on one. I should have gone on one because all of these deserve to go in for me. I think Frankie Lyman and the teenagers is classic classic you know not even classic pop just classic music in a partridge-esque way <laughs> i think uh promises is a bit of an underappreciated pop banger from oh, the mid-noughties cheryl 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 is tattooing st john on her forehead after this one no <laughs> I, just, I disagree I, th- I think that track is worth coming in I, i'll stand by promise this weirdly like honestly, I, it's I don't Cheryl, like, I know bitch. myself anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm getting you CD then, one and two for Christmas. Thanks. Um, with malaria, please. Ooh. And on the side, citation oh. needed. <laughs> um, and obviously, Britney's one more time has got to got to go in as a modern classic. <laughs> Which means that we are rounding the final call corner and fisting the final furlong Bloody into hell. Matthew Leonard. Fisting the final furlong. Oh, what a night! Late September! Right, actually. November. Before, who cares? Before (laughs) I share my three impositions this week, let's have a chat about the meaning of the word novelty. Oh, my fucking God. Very in the lead. And and what that means when ascribing its music. And uh, the reason I bring this up is... In the especially in the earlier pods, we got a lot of stick about using the word novelty to just describe anything that was slightly quirky or different. Um, novelty means new and and or unusual, as we know it. In, in music, a novelty song in particular describes a song that is based on a novel concept, such as a gimmick, a piece of humour, or a sample of popular culture. I, I bring this up, as I've said, because we've been slapped uh, for misusing the term in previous months. But I also bring it up because, hello, unique number one, 810. Ooh. This was number one in 1999, only just in January. Alan, any more information before I carry on? It's been one week. When was it, sorry? 99. Uh, January 99. Oh, okay. As if that means anything to me. It played. I was alive, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, you were. Oh, it's chocolate salty balls, have that. Ray Glow, on the money, once again. And two or three egg whites. A half a stick of butter. Melted. Stick it all in a bowl, baby. 
So it, this is one of those few songs that isn't on Spotify for numerous reasons, I seem to recall. Um, I can think of one. And I don't remember it. I right. don't really. I remember that the coming chorus, out. I do, the chorus hits quite hard. my chocolate salty yeah. ball. Yeah. Put it in yeah. your mouth and suck Yeah, the chorus hits quite hard, especially the intro, the the lead into the chorus. Lovely. I mean, we we forget quite how big South Park was in '99. We forget. Is it Isaac Hayes. Is it Isaac Hayes? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's 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 listed as chef because Isaac Hayes voiced the chef in the popular. Uh, adult cartoon series South Park. This is chocolate salty balls brackets. Oh, hang on, Craig. Can you remember what the what's in the parentheses after chocolate salty balls? Uh, God, it's not going to be put them in your mouth and suck them, is it? So no, it's not. It's P.S. I love. P.S. You. I love you. Of course it is. I mean, mm. uh, as I mean, a, a, a lapsed South Park fan. I haven't really watched in three or four years now. Uh, Gosh, that's more than most, Matt. You 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 forget that Chef was part of it now because it's been so long, and the horrendous way they killed off that character in the wake of his uh, in the wake of his Scientology ness. Is that what it was? Was that his objection to this? Yeah, they did. They, they did the big Scientology episode, and he was like, "I can't work with these people anymore. They they've dissed my religion." At which point they. Cut out samples of all his voices, strung together an episode where he was a paedophile, and then killed him off. <gasps> so, do, do we need to non simida bin this? No, <laughs> no. But uh, uh, no. This coming from the album Chef Aid, if I if memory serves, which had various. I think Elton John recorded a song for that uh, album because why not? Elton will do anything for a fucking fiver. Uh, what'd you call it? Engelbert Humperdinck was on there as well, singing mm. Lesbian Seagull. Yeah. Uh, which is far superior to this. If this was just a bit in the show, it's it's funny. But it's it had to get too big for its boots and go into the, you know, the normal realm and and then it gets to number one and it festered and pushed its pushed itself further public wood, and became less and less humorous with every passing day. Oh, I mean Isaac Hayes, who plays a chef, takes us through the recipe of how to make choco salty balls. But ha, <laughs> ah, wait, here's the twist: it's also a sex thing, as Hayes is black and he could be talking about sucking his gonads, the salt, sweat. Because of the set. <laughs> so all in, an illusion of sucking the singer's sweat-soaked testes. Nope. I think I think it's worth noting just how big South Park was around this period. Craig, Dick Craig has done that. The thing is, and we do this with other things, don't we? If we, if we take... Uh, again... How are we judging this? Are we judging this for moment in time purposes? Because if we are, then this this holds some merit. I mean, I think there's there's a there's a, there's a lot to be talked about with humour from 1998 to about 2007, encapsulating Little Britain and South Park and things like that. Because all humour was really fucking mean for quite a while. This isn't mean, but it's from that period. So if we were like measuring it on cultural impact of the time then it would have any interest but I'm just li- I listened to this today and I was like get to the end of the song get to the end of the song oh, fucking hell this is shit I think were it delivered by just 
random actor singing song from show, it would be a different story. But this is Isaac Hayes with all the clout and production behind him that sells it slightly past novelty. And it is a novelty track. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a fucking novelty track, but it's recorded as if it was a mid-70s fucking superfly cut. It it sounds like it. Ain't anyone going to tell me to get a sense of humour here? No. All right. God bless you. For me, there's something that just feels a little bit unpleasant about... uh, Obviously, he was a Scientologist and therefore a fucking Fruit Loop. But there's something that feels a little bit uncomfortable about ripping Isaac Hayes in the way that this sort of does. And I know that Isaac Hayes engaged with it, but I don't know how... I don't know how in on the joke he actually was. He was all in. I mean, considering considering nobody... I mean, let's be fair. And I mean, let's be perfectly fair. In 1999, anyone realistically under the age of 30 didn't know who Isaac Hayes was. Exactly, which is why I feel like it's exploitative. It's not exploitative. I mean, it's exploitative in a way that the man had a career regeneration off the back of a comedy show and got to sing a silly song. Uh, which he was fully in with until he wasn't, and he made his when he wasn't when he didn't want to be involved with it. He very, very, very clearly stated he didn't want to be involved with it, and then they made him into a paedophile. Craig, do you you've got a lot of info on this song? Do you have any love for this song? Are we leaning towards I, the fridge here? Or I what? don't mind. I I mean, it's not a, like a solid keep for me, but it, I mean, it's certainly on the keep side of the kitchen as opposed to the bin. I mean, it it brings back nice memories of when South Park was a silly little comedy show that was a bit racy as opposed to a, a political statement every week. I'm glad you're here because you you know you bring in a little bit of levity and humour to it as I go to Liam. Liam, you're with me, aren't you? This sucks. <laughs> this is this is just shit. Like there's certain things like this is a more penis focused Mr. Blobby. It's just Ooh. novelty shit. Oh dear. Right, you've used the N word again. Novelty. Um, uh, it is based on a novel concept such as a gimmick, a piece of humour, or a sample of popular culture. Keep those ringing in your head as I introduce you to unique number one, 391. 391. This was number one in the June of 1976, the long, hot summer of 76. It was at the top spot for two weeks. You can't say long, hot summer without me thinking about Paul Weller knocking off a bloke in a pun. He he licked his earlobe. He didn't (laughs) knock him off. He might have done the extended version. We will never know. Um, Yeah, so two weeks, June 1976. I'm hinting that we might be in Novelty-ville here again. Is there any more information on this one, Alan Turing? No. I'm full square. Have knowledge of this song. I think Craig will know it. Yeah, I think I'm not sure. Might be a gap in Liam's knowledge. I'd be surprised if ever. Can I say though, before we play it, keep it onto the first line and pause it after the first line, because the first line is strong. It's a strong opening line. Oh. By Navister. Of course I know this. I drove my tractor through your haystack last night. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Wurzels with Combine Harvester, parentheses again, brand new key. And as opening lines go, that's a strong one. We move from a sole leviathan in the shapely form of 
Isaac Hayes to a gang of cider-pissed Somerset farmers, supposedly. Do Why do I have it in my head that John Pertwee is something to do with the world? <laughs> you're, you're, you're conflating Wurzel Gummidge with... Uh... Yeah, there it is! Thank you! That's <laughs> exactly what I was okay. going. Wurzel Gummidge. I think we're all there with that. He may as well be on the front cover of the fucking Thank, record. Sorry. This is, uh, yeah, I am too young for this, but I do know this song because yeah. it's fucking dreadful. <gasps> is, it, is it an interpolation? Is it a cover? It's... Definitely something of uh, folky Melanie, her nineteen seventy one breezy jaunt, brand new key. It's a it's basically a cover with dirtier lyrics. Um, it sounds uh, bizarrely though. It sounds at as at home in the hands of these pickled tractor bearing sex pests as it did <laughs> with with her. That um, was well done, Matthew. Well. Did you write that pickled tractor? What was to, it? Be, tractor bearing sex pests. I wrote that. The Gorgeous, tram. lovely, um, lovely uh, onomatopoeic I, I, language. I really love it. You say, "Did you write that?" <laughs> I, I don't know if it's on the top of your. Who yeah, else like... is writing that shit? Um, the bastardized lyrics are penned by Irish man Brendan O'Shaughnessy. Can you believe he's Irish with a name like that? Uh, and taken to the Irish number one spot by Brendan Grace. Or you might know him as Father Finton Stack from Father Ted. Um, a year later, so that was in 75. A year later, it lands on the mainland with this West Country lot and hits the big time. The founder of the Wurzels, Adge Cutler, that's A-D-G-E Cutler, given the honorific of the Bard of Avonmouth, died in 1974, so never got to see this crowning achievement. I mean, it's the Wurzels. (laughs) And, oh, by the way, genre, it's listed as, and this is nice, Scrumpy and Western. Yeah, I knew that. Gorgeous. I knew it was scrumpy and Western. Pasted that, isn't it? Uh, Craig, views? Great. It's fucking great. I mean, yes, it's a parody. Uh, I have a soft spot for parody, but you don't think of this song as a parody because nobody really remembers I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, which I mm. think is the... Yeah, that is absolutely bang on, mate. Bang the on. Ori- the original version. Uh, that I song is also well about sex. Yeah, it's quite confrontationally as well from a, oh a young lady. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun song, well produced, well sung, well instrumented, and it's it doesn't take it anywhere south close to being serious. Again, this is a a classic school disco memory of hearing this. Whoa! This, what this, really? horrifying yes. school discos did you go to? You went to the same school. Oh yeah. Not primary school disco. Primary school disco, not right. secondary school disco. Oh, because this is appropriate for primary schools, isn't it? <laughs> About as appropriate as the time warp being played, but they played that every fucking night. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well put. Supercock. Right, the battle lines have been drawn. We have Team Fun, and it's fine with Mr. Lowe. Hi. <laughs> and we have... And the others. Dr. Liam Maloney, what's your views on the Are Wurzels? Are you inferring combat? that I'm not fun? <laughs> Hang on. That, you're right, that does sound unfair, and it sounds like I'm... I'll I'm... smash a bottle of poppers with the best of them, darling. <laughs> But how else can we describe... Basically, Liam, me and you are taking down this is, Chef Matthew, from this is, a cartoon. This is right? absolute and horse a shit. Joke- 
<laughs> I know. So, can, how else can you describe us as the ruiners of fun? Because <laughs> it's not fun. It's because it's weird and creepy yeah. and I'm anti-silly. It's than not it's, country. It's, it's silly. You're just anti-silly. It's not. You're not anti-fun. This is where me and you will always disagree, Craig, because I find a parody song the the lowest form of comedy. I find it absolutely dreadful. It is the equivalent of writing your mate's name on a toilet door with his phone number. It's the worst music. Just rewriting the songs to be about something other than they are and thinking that that automatically makes it funny. Sorry, Weird, weird Al. Um, yeah, it's fuck it, it's harsh shit. I don't hate this, oh, but... No, listen. I don't hate... I mean, it's also like... I... Matthew Percival I... Leonard, I expect better from you. <laughs> I don't have a middle name, and that would be Ace. I've always fancied uh, this C, though. MC Leonard, I quite like that. Um, Matthew Chrysanthemum Leonard. Who's Mick Leonard? Um, but I don't think this has any business uh, bothering our pantheon. I think it's got every reason to bother the pantheon. What, what were you on at the moment? What was the previous one? Chef, chocolate salty balls. Salty balls and combined harvesters. Fucking hell. Well, listen, you never know. The third one might swing. Yeah, I'm sure. But here comes fucking Ernie, the fastest milk cart in the West. <laughs> Craig, if only. <laughs> if only. And we take big three. Um, I, I would suggest that we've, we are stepping slightly away from Novertyville when we say hello to unique number one, two, nine... It's that joke again. Yeah. Um, this was number one in January of '55, so we're back wow. there again. Early, okay. Early. So what, third year of the the charts, fourth year of the charts, something like that. Yeah, third year. Any more info, Doctor Turing? No, listed on the, from the machine as a one-week wonder, but it's a chart tickler. It went back to the top spot for two weeks in the February. Um. So, this lady is related to a very famous male actor. Any guesses? Big Mo from EastEnders. (laughs) Press play! (laughs) Oh, girl, welcome to Rosemary Rosemary Clooney? It's not George Clooney, is it? George Clooney's auntie. Yeah, George Clooney's auntie. Frequent star of VR. By the way, is that all we're having? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she missed the scene it's Mambo Italiano, it isn't it? Certainly is. Let can we let it drop? Because yeah, I please. forgot how sass this was. Something's wrong. So I I used to obviously I DJ'd. We all went to the pub where I used to DJ, but <laughs> yeah. on certain nights, particularly in summer, I used to do this kind of like kitschy kind of night when it was mm-hmm. um, outside in the garden, and this was like an absolute banger to play. This always got a really good response to this tune. I knew you'd like this. Love this tune. Mm. Georgie's Auntie Rosie with a and the right. So I, I I thought long and hard over the verb to use here, and the only the one that jumped to mind was rasping. A rasping two and a half minutes of <laughs> nonsense, uh, written on tin pallet, pa- written on tin pan alley, beat it out, by a gentleman called Bob Merrill. Wiki fist, 
Merrill reportedly wrote this under a recording deadline, scribbling it hastily on a piece of paper, or paper, uh, paper napkin at an Italian restaurant in New York City, and then using the wall payphone to dictate the melody, rhythm, and lyrics to a studio pianist. I love that idea. I've just done the clattering clank in the restaurant in the background. He's like, you gotta get this down. It's Mambo Italiano. <laughs> and then bang, a hit. And it, this is, this is, this is great. It's a shame it's going in the bin. Oh, do you want, you want to do me? Well, let's, let's have a, a wiki fist in the character act of this and say that wiki uh, notes this as an obvious parody of uh, Mambo music, uh, cashing in on the 1954 Mambo craze, so, with novelty we got... song written all over it. So, so we're we are going this is parody. three for three novelty. Yeah, this is literally cast as a novelty and a parody. So it's uh, oh, it, it, it certainly is dog shit of the highest order then. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, right. I can't deal with this sass, Liam. You're going to have to deal with this, I'm afraid. So there is there are two things that I will allow. Firstly, um, Rosemary Clooney was in no way Italian, despite the fact she did tunes like Bocciame and Sway, which are kind of these sort of Italian Mediterranean sort of jams. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, um, it's sort of daft and is on a craze. However, it's a really good song. It's not good enough to save Chef and God knows fucking what by not John Pertwee, but <laughs> it's an absolute kicker. It, but it is not big enough to two tribes it. It's all right to be silly when it's a, ta- a style of music we like. I don't think it's anywhere. It's not silly though. I'm going to bite. I'm going to bite. I've got to bite. You motherfucker, <laughs> low. You motherfucker. You know I don't like those other. It's not the fact that it's novelty. It's the fact that they're shit. It's nothing to do with it being novelty. This novelty songs are like, I fucking voted in Star Trek. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, a song that fucking namesakes mozzarella pizza, tagliatelle, Neapolitan. I mean, this is... In my description, I think think you'll find that I say we are slightly stepping away from hard novelty. Yeah, it's not driving your combine harvester through my vagina. Oh, what? I understand why Craig's rattled. Because he's pissing in the wind against us with this. It's unfair, really, isn't it? But, Craig, you have planted your flag and your flag... Hang on, Liam, wait. Oh, sorry, Liam, are you bidding? Obviously. <laughs> right, let me just... He's written something on his flag. Enjoy your... F- Turn the flag round, Craig. Cucumber castle, you motherfuckers. Oh, wow. <laughs> shall we... Shall we rattle the bag and see what's going on? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. It's ballroom blitz. It's the sweet. It's ballroom blitz by the sweet. Come on, Craig. You must. You must. That must sting a little bit, right? Well, we're all on I the mean, same I side. Mean, yeah. I mean, the sweet ballroom blitz has got in. I mean, it's not Tia Carey's uh, ballroom blitz from the soundtrack of Wayne's World, but. Beggars can't be choosers. It's certainly no um, my new com- my brand new combine harvester, is it, Craig? 
I think you're comparing apples and oranges there, mate. Oh, salty balls with the sweets. Let, right, save the sass until the roundup, guys. <laughs> there's there's yeah, enough salt that, in your that's, mouth that's, for it not to be on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what a pair of lucky bastards they were this week. But we're a team! <laughs> you went on training about being a team! <laughs> Yeah, but I was on my phone the entire time. I wasn't paying attention. I was getting, I'm getting through my latest level of Candy Crush. Balls to your team. It's a solo game, mate. Uh, but what, dear listener, did you think? Have you sense of humour? Did you think that uh, some of that fun should have gone in? Uh, why not? Let, why not let us know by getting in touch on the socials? You'll find us at Facebook by searching every number one ever. You'll find us on X.com, formerly Twitter. Citation needed. <laughs> Uh, by searching E-N-O-E podcast. Uh, if you're unsure of any of the links, head over to everynumberoneever.com to spell it how you'd like. We have a link tree there that will provide you with all our different resources. And if you want to throw a few pennies our way, head over to patreon.com slash E-N-O-E podcast where you'll find brand new exclusive podcast. You'll find outtakes from this show, specifically this show because it ran way too long. Massive. <laughs> Uh, a picture of me with the lead singer of Forgotten Naughty's Band Awesome. And on that note, tell us in your driest possible humourless delivery where the Patreon is at this week. The Pantheon. (laughs) And it starts... I will do this in my driest possible tones. Lena Martell's One Day at a Time, William and Gareth Gates, The Long and Winding Road, and Suspicious Minds by Gareth Gates, Brotherhood of Man, Save All Your Kisses for Me, have gone into the bin. They have been replaced by Girls Allowed Something New. Next, Why Do Fools Fall in Love by t- the Teenagers? It's like the mask slipped off the line. podcast at last. And <laughs> Promises by Cheryl, I'm Not Racist Cole, and Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again with Aguero. I've all made it in. And finally, Chef's Chocolate Salty Bowl, The Wurzels, Combine Harvester, and Mambo Italiano by Rosemary Clooney with something have all been in the bin, despite Craig's protestations. Vigorous protestations. <laughs> they have been replaced by the Sweets Ballroom Blitz. And that's why it's fucking awesome. Matthew! Hi, that's depressed me. Um, thanks, everybody. Well done for holding it together. It's a bit of a feisty one this week, which we've not had for a bit. So hmm, there we go. We now know where the battle lines are drawn when it comes to novelty songs. As I've said, though, I voted for Star Trekking. That's really novelty, isn't it? You know what I mean? So I could waver. Liam, very much anti-novelty. Craig, fucking hell. It's novelty all the way with Craig. And that's why we love you, Craig. Thank you so much, mate. You're very welcome, sir. Liam, always a pleasure. Never a fucking chore. Joyful. We will play out with the celebratory tones of the sweet and ballroom blitz because it's an absolute banger. Should have been Britney, but hey, come on. It's uh, easy for Liam to line up because it was the last one he played. <laughs> right, so we will see you next week after I've waded through this one hour and 33 minutes. Fucking so, I'm sorry. Enjoy yourselves, but not too much. Drink copiously, but responsibly. I love you. Goodbye. Have a water in between. Bye. Or a cordial.